We here at the Fumbling For Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to Nights of Darkness, a World of Darkness live play podcast. I'm your storyteller and host, Daniel, and this season we'll be playing Vampire the Masquerade. So let's start with getting to know our characters and to throw everyone off in this particular player. We'll start with Michelle. <laughs> I never go first. Is Nelson here? Who's Nelson? Get out of here. I, Get out of here. I did that because you were screwing around while I was reading my thing. So I'm like, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, I'm Michelle, and I am playing Sophia the Toreador. Um, Ariel, I play the Toreador Elizabeth Andalit, who does absolutely nothing. Ever. Okay. Hi. I'm Aaron, and I pay... Pay... I pay people money to let me go get play on their shows. Uh, <laughs> that would explain a few things. Um, hi, I'm Aaron, and I play the gangrel Wayani. So our Nosferatu and Tremere, Tolliver and Keelan O'Quinn will not be here, aka Mark and Travis, for this episode. So hopefully we'll have them back next week, or next two weeks, sorry for the next episode. Let's start with a recap of what happened last time. So, Tolliver and Keelan had gone to the penthouse of the hotel, um, encountered some other individuals that had powers as well. Uh, a catastrophe happened, and they fled the scene as it seemed like they couldn't take on the individuals by themselves. Elizabeth and Sophia had gone to Wayani's house that he had never revealed to any of the other players yet. And after what seemed like he revealed more of his true intentions, he gave the distrusting Sophia the opportunity to stake him later if she chose to, and she took the opportunity. So Wayani woke up as the stake was pulled from him amongst these individuals while Sophia and Elizabeth decided that they were going to flee the city and possibly go north. So we'll pick up with Wayani. You have come to in a large, lavish, what looks like a hotel room. So, when you came to after the stake was removed, you greeted who you recognized as here with a good evening. And he mentioned it was glad, or it was good that you could join us. So, you now see these four individuals aside from Zaheer. 
and most of them really none of them you recognize except for Zaheer <clears throat> so we uh, have a change in allegiance I see Zaheer no they're part of us they're new faces it doesn't mean they're not allied you gotta deal with what you can times are tough understand do we really think the bindings are necessary I had to make sure that you weren't uh, changing sides on us well you and I both know if I wanted to I could snap these ropes like they were twigs I mean you could do that as a show of power if you really wanted to couldn't you I could I don't really think there's any need for that do you not currently he kind of nods at the individual that's standing next to him, which is another dusky skin individual that you have not seen. And he kind of unravels your bindings to an extent. Like he leaves them there, but like doesn't. They're just you. loose. And yeah, he can pull out of them. I'm going to. So I, never, I meant to ask this last time. Can I smell like what generation these things are or no? No, it'd be hard to determine their, their mm. generations offhand. The only you can kind of tell that most everybody in this room is dead minus the big goliath looking creature so they're all ghouls no no they're all dead ghouls are alive oh yeah <laughs> no the only one that that kind of you smell blood within well living blood is potentially the big tall one that, that has bony protrusions all over mm. its body shirtless and <clears throat> so, I assume you got my message. Yes. Surprised to hear from you. How so? Well, you haven't talked in a while. But no need to, is there? Well, we're moving into the city. I mean, it'd probably be best to know who we have in the city. You know where my allegiances lie. Yeah, we heard you were... You were in the prince's court not too long ago. Much as I have been multiple times over the past decades. Just as well as I am accustomed with the king of the underdark. I've gained allies all over the place. And A the, drifter of sorts. And these allies are willing to help you. In They're willing cause. to help me with my cause. You know what my cause is. We've discussed this. Why don't you remind me? It's been a while. My cause is to one day lead the vampiric race to a more pure and unadulterated existence. It's a tall order to try and achieve. Well, if anyone can do it, it's me. Wouldn't you say? I'd have to see it. So I'm going to stand up and reach in my pocket, grab a pack of smokes. You still do that? Of course I do. If your peons uh, are intimidated by flame, I suggest they turn now. We're not intimidated here. I'm going to light it. <laughs> it's, fine. it's just courage. Okay. So difficulty will be three. Yeah, no, that's that's five successes, so. 
Yeah, they all seem pretty stoic about what's going on. The redheaded man uh, doesn't move a bit. Aeneas and Zaheer kind of they kind of take a step back, mm. but they don't they don't seem visibly scared of it but it is fire and fire is bad <laughs> the uh woman with long black hair she kind of it takes a little bit more of a step back but she still is pretty confident in her movements i'm gonna make mental note of all of this and just kind of smirk to the side a little bit so where do we go from here well, first we have to find a way to take out Prince's lackeys in order to prevent them from stopping us. And these lackeys are? Well, I think the prince has a sheriff. That's your uh, law, lawman person. I don't follow too much in the Camarilla's ways because I don't care. But they're usually the prince's right-hand person. And then... Yeah, they've got a bunch of other people down the road. And then if the clans, I guess, don't want to work with us. So I'm assuming you have no names, no faces, no information whatsoever. It's not the city I've been in. And once again, you've plotted a half-cocked idea that you expected to go with without a hitch. How well has that been working out for you? I don't always plan these ideas. How many have you gotten into the city? I mean, honestly. Maybe 16 of us or so. In God. You, you know, when I left here, I assumed you'd be able to handle things. That is extremely disappointing to hear. You know, we work in splinter groups. We can't. Of course we do. Can't but, afford a big excursion into the city. But you have flunkies guarding. What was with the girl anyway? Which girl? You have to be more specific. How many other, I'm assuming, countesses of or something of the sort, women of importance in the Camarillo, do you have? I don't have actually a lot. Okay, so the one down by the docks. So her, she had information that would possibly incriminate us. Mm. It basically would up our timetable faster. It wasn't necessarily that it would ruin our plans. It would just speed up the timetable in which we had to act. And what exactly is our plan here? To take over the city with 16 Sabat? Work your way into the ranks. Oh, of course. That's it. That's gone real well, hasn't it? We haven't lost any. Yeah. You've wandered into a city having no idea of its operational day-to-day workings. You've kidnapped Camarilla with no caution. You've let others know of your plans, and you have 16 individuals here. And nothing's awry to you. Nope. Hmm. Well, is there anything else I should know? You do know that Une, or, uh, Zahir is definitely is generally full of himself. Mm-hmm. So he won't necessarily admit, admit that he's fucked up. Yeah, that he's wrong. <laughs> he will dance around it. But even if you call him out on it, which has probably happened in the past, he still dances. <laughs> Many a, a time. He still dances around it. So, so Zahir, any more information that I need to be 
let it on. In fact, why wasn't I contacted about any of this movement to begin with? We don't for sure where you are in the court. Did I say I was leaving the Sabbat? That I give any inclination that I have betrayed the Sabbat in any way? In fact, what Sabbat bloodshed have I shed? You did leave abruptly. As one does when they're under particular orders. And who gave you orders? No, that's not how we work. You know that. Are you sure? Am I sure? Says the man whose plan has utterly failed and continues to have a big head about it and refuses to acknowledge once again a failure. Am I sure? I'm the one who's strategically placed himself within the ranks for many a decade and gained the prince's absolute trust. How do you know that's not my plan? To have me do that for you? You're, you don't own me. You don't. I don't belong to you in any sort of way. In fact, you're beneath me. Your generation is... You know where you stand in this clan. I will stand on the winning side. So what is winning to you? We have 16 individuals. Does it mean that we can take this city right immediately? Hmm. We've only been here a couple days. So what if we could get a audience with the prince? I don't think it'll work that way. Not a prince won't see Sabat. He won't see Sabat, but Sabat traitors he would. He's not going to trust anyone. you. No, but me, absolutely. And you can't trust that prince. You may think you can trust that prince. That is a setite. We've known each other for how long? Are you talking about you and him? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, but still, I'm saying you can't trust them. Who have I trusted ever? But either way, I don't think you should put all your your chips on this prince of thinking that we're traitors. Or this group, since you know you're devoid of being a traitor. So what's your plan to infiltrate then? You just hope? That's adorable. Well, it would be a similar plan, but we just don't all show up at once because then it would definitely look quite so suspicious. So what doesn't look suspicious is Sabat over the course of the next 10 years, 16 Sabat walking in and saying, we denounce our beliefs. That doesn't look suspicious. But one large group proclaiming that they have been wrong and lied to and led astray as sheep, that is less believable. Is it more so that it isn't wasn't your idea to hear? Is that what really burns you? You know my ideas are great. There's something. Now you do know some of his ideas have worked. Well, how about you find things as he looks across the crowd? Go and fetch my toys for me. I'm not anybody's lackey. No, you're not. It's a favor. I favor for you, favor for me. This is how it works. Exchange. And who are you even talking about? Why, none other than the 
failed capture attempt from you and my informant. Do you have names, uh, description? Elizabeth Annalit. And the one who I can only assume has fled with her. That's who I want. And where are they fleeing to? Hmm. Well, out of the city, more than likely. If there's 16 of you, I'm sure you could cover all the bases. And what was the favor you were proposing? I was proposing to actually have you help you come up with an idea that would actually fucking work. You mean add to my idea? Sure. We'll go with that. You bring them to me unfucking harmed because I swear to God, if one hair is misplaced on their heads, I will drain you. And you know I can. You do know they'll probably fight back. That's fine. You don't. Then they'll get away. That's not how this works. A deal's a deal. I, you know how I feel about people who veer too far off of deals. You know if they're vampires, they can just heal, right? So what you're saying is, is you will not feel any sort of pain if I snap your fucking arm in two right now. I feel pain and then it exactly. potentially heal back. I don't want them to feel an ounce of pain. Then why don't you go after them? Fine. Give me a vehicle and I will. Do you know where they're going? No idea. This is why I'm sending you. Why are we going in circles? Do you want my aid or not? There's clearly a reason you came to retrieve me and it wasn't to headhunt me and turn me over to the authorities. Because I've done nothing wrong. Well, the authorities wouldn't help me in this case because, you know, a Camarilla, they don't care about us. No, but the Sabat. Oh yeah, you have to go across the sea, across the ocean for that. My point here is you know just as well as I do through your cocky insolence that your plan will fail inevitably and you need me to some degree to iron out the kinks on your plan. They know it and I'm looking across to his little flunkies just as much as you do. I can see it in their eyes. Just as much as I can see that you aren't as, shall we say, unfazed by the flame as you protest. So, again, I propose that you bring them to me unscathed, unharmed, and we will carry out our business. So are you staying here or going elsewhere? I'll stay here. I'm going to stub my cigarette out in like the most obnoxious place, like like on his desk or something. It's <laughs> hotel uh, property. Whatever. <laughs> it's possibly his desk for the moment. <laughs> Let me go make some phone calls. So he goes into another room. He's got one of the dual doors that you can kind of slide closed. Mm. So he goes in the other room. You're just awkwardly left now with these three hundred, three other individuals at the big Goliath. So I'm going to look to the, the, the woman's there, right? The one with the black hair, yeah. <clears throat> What's your name, dear? You don't need to know that. 
feisty, huh? Well, since we're here and your owner is making some calls, perchance do you happen to have any blood lying around? I'm not picky. She growls at you as you say owner. That's not really an answer. He is no owner of mine. Uh, I follow him willingly. Hmm. So if he asked you to dive on a bed of spikes, would you? If it was for the greater good, yes. What is the greater good in the eyes of Sabat? Hmm. Not my place to say. So you don't know. In fact, your leader hasn't informed you of the ultimate goal of this plan? She just stands there with a cocky look on her face, arms crossed. I love how you think you have the upper hand here. Did you not see how he crumbled before me? I saw no crumbling. Very well. I'll just ask one of the other more capable individuals. If you are wanting blood, we have it. Oh, so there is an answer. Good. Yes, I would love some blood. She motions for one of the other two lackeys, and he produces a bag. It's probably Unaeus. You needed a female voice, so I jumped in. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have all this? Huh? Do you have all this written down? No. <laughs> So I'm going to drain the blood and heal myself up. Fully? Fully. Okay. So I won't lose any blood points, but I will allow to be able to heal myself up fully. Um, I'm going to look to the other one that handed her the bag. Unaeus. He's the other dusky skin because the other... other I don't know him though. No, he, yeah. he is just similar in appearance to... Zaheer. The other one is like the redhead and yeah. they, they've almost got like the pale skin. Uh, typical vampire, but like clearly pale skin and doesn't go out in the sun much. What is your name? You're talking to the, the mm-hmm. redhead? No. Oh. Unaeus. Unaeus, why? Would you mind fetching me some... I'm going to look to the hole in my shirt where the steak was. More fitting clothing. Not a lackey, but I'll do it for now. But I won't like it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna whisper to the redhead. I'm not a lackey, but I play guard dog. <laughs> he just smiles big, and you can see he's got the vampire fangs, but then he's got some other like mm. some of his other teeth are like weirdly shaped, and his cheekbones when he smiles is like way off, like because he's got the long ears. <laughs> uh-huh. And so he's got similar bony protrusions to the big guy, but not anything like the big guy. So, Unaeus comes back after a few minutes, brings you what looks like a shirt that would fit roughly your size. I'm going to just rip my shirt off and put the new one on. So, after a few minutes more, Zaheer comes out of the other room. The doors part. All right, we'll see if it gets done. Well, there's no ifs here. You know how this works here. 
Well, I just mean if my people are capable of capturing these people. And he, like, kind of quotes, like, <laughs> when he says capturing these people, it seems like he's being uh, a dick about it right now. Shall we have a rousing game of chess while we wait, then? I mean, I guess we can. I haven't played it in a while, but what better way to prove who's king? So I'm going to sit down and light up a cigarette again and uh, wait for him to set the chessboard out. All right. We'll come back to that. All right, Elizabeth. I believe you guys weren't to the docks yet. I think you guys were headed that way. Must have knew. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been a little bit. You guys have gone and acquired belongings and other things that you needed to gather. So are you taking the most straightforward path to the docks? Yeah. All right. So as you guys are headed that way, I need both of you to roll me a perception plus alertness. Um, difficulty would be six. I've got four successes. I had three. There you had three? Yep. Okay. So as you guys are driving and most of the city streets are, are well lit like there's a lot of street lights here and there uh, it looks like it's getting darker it's already night but it seems like it's getting darker like ahead of you the street lights are losing their their light they're dimming as you head continue down the path that you're on the road that you're on oh my This is not a very welcoming sign, my dear. I'm going to slow down and try turning down a different road, but still, you know, heading towards and then see if the lights continue to dim. Okay. So as you turn down this road, roll me a perception alertness. Uh, you can too if you're looking. If you would look at it, if you're, if you would look. Another perception. Question. Yeah. Difficulty six. Yes. I got two, not three. Okay. I got one success. Okay, so you barely catch the glimpse of this in your rearview mirror, Elizabeth. As you're driving forward, it looks like behind you some of the lights are dimming, but it's behind you now instead of in front of you. And you can kind of see this as well, Sophia, through the side view mirror. Or unless you turn around, kind of. But you can tell the lights are kind of dimming behind you, towards you. Right now, it seems like the vehicle might be faster than the than the lights dimming. That you can tell. Okay, I'm going to continue on. I might... I'm going to press it up to five miles per hour over the speed limit because, you know, we won't get pulled over for that. It's usually eight. You don't know these cops in town. (laughs) I know. But yeah, I'm going to push it to five over the speed limit. Not too crazy. And continue on. All right, let's see here. As you continue on, the the lights seem to continue to get dim behind you. And are you watching more? Are you trying to watch both the rear view and the the front? Um, Sophia, dear, 
could you please watch behind as I watch in front? Yeah, I can kind of turn in my seat so that I can see out the back. So as you both are watching, uh, it looks like the lights do get dim. Elizabeth, you suddenly see like ahead of you, it just looks like a mass of darkness. Like literally you cannot see from where you look out the windshield. It looks like you see edge of building closest to you. And then like, it's just darkness in front of you. The road has disappeared. The edges of buildings have disappeared beside you, but you still have, well, I'd say in front of you to the side, beside you, you still see edges of the buildings. And you can kind of, if you're still looking behind you, Sophia, you can see that the similar is happening in the rear, but it's coming towards you while this darkness that's in front of you is stationary. So it seems like the darkness is coming up behind the vehicle. So I'm going to say something to her about it. Because I'm seeing this, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to be like, the darkness is catching up with us. Oh, dear. I am going to turn the next available turn I can. Well, right now, it's just all you see is that darkness ahead of you. I don't I see you another said route. No, you don't. You see, you see the side buildings beside you, but it's basically uh, like building after building connected where there's not like an alleyway. It's where they're kind of like a downtown area where they'd just be like right up against each other. So is it surrounding us? On the, the only thing right now you can kind of see is a little bit of the sides because the rest is you're moving towards this big blanket of it. Like it's- But it's, I thought I saw it behind us. You did. Oh, okay. But there's also, and see you're paying attention behind. I got you. And she's seeing in front that there's this big blanket of it. And it kind of, it's stationary, but it has, it is basically in all visibility to the sides in front. Okay. Because you guys can make out that there are some cars along the street as well, but they're not really moving. It's kind of quiet because it is it is after midnight in this area that you guys are at. You don't really see people either. The, the storefronts or houses only have like lights that people might leave on during the night. Kind of like a security thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to slow down to 10 under the speed limit, but I'm going to keep pressing forward to see if I can see through the darkness. Okay. So yeah, you'll get closer to that darkness. Are you going to go into it if you get close to it? Yes. Okay. So as you see the other darkness coming up behind you, you move into this blanket of darkness and immediately you lose vision. Like, you don't even see the headlights of the car. You know you're in the car. Even in the car itself, it seems like it's even darker. Like, you can't see Sophia. I'm going to come to a complete stop. And lock. make sure the doors are locked. You know, hit the lock button. And put it in park. Okay. So, basically, and you can kind of feel this darkness feels unnatural. It doesn't feel like the night. It just feels like a, a shadowy darkness, almost like it's um, like you can feel it per se, like a cloud if it was in the room or, or fog. But it feels definitely feels unnatural and it's cold and it really unnerves you. S Sophia, dear, do you happen to have a weapon on you? I, I have a 22 pistol that's fully loaded in a box of ammunition. 
wonderful because unfortunately I do not. I just have my knife. And now you two cannot see each other, but you can definitely hear each other. So you know you're still sitting side by side in the car. Or you don't have passenger I'm driver. just going to like reach. I was getting her. ready to say the same thing. I was going to go put my hand on her shoulder. Yeah, so you can you can feel her. Okay, she's so still there. Yeah. I'm going to put my hand on her shoulder as she puts her hand on mine. And Kinsies. wait. <laughs> Sorry. How long are you going to wait? Like it's quiet right now, but you're in this darkness and you've never really seen this darkness before, so you don't know what's going on. Whether it's another supernatural entity doing this, or if something's happened in this dismal world. I'm going to wait, because if it was coming from behind us, and I went forward, and the sides, you know, was just buildings, I couldn't turn anywhere, so I'm just going to sit here and wait. Okay. So after about ten minutes of waiting it, it seems like forever because literally nothing's happening it's it's quiet you can't hear anything other than between you two if you talk to any or anything that's it because you, you don't breathe so it's awkwardly quiet <laughs> fake breathing just to make sure you both still there <laughs> so then you hear a scraping noise along the back of your car you assume it's along the back of your car? Like metal on metal? It's not good at all. I'm gonna push the lock down on my door. Make sure yes, it's, it's already down. Okay, good. So you, you pull it up and push it back down. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Ugh. I've heard this story. Does he have a hook for a hand? <laughs> oh, God. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> He's checking to see if she has no, no, I had to see something else. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Don't open the door then. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, it sounds like this metal scraping noise is on your side now and moving towards the front of the car. I think you should slide over by me. What I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do is uh, hit the brakes, put it in drive, and go. So just drive backwards? Uh, no, I'm going to put it in drive and drive forward. Oh, okay. Not very fast, but because I can't see. So that is what I'm doing. All right. So this is what happens. As you drive forward, uh, your car suddenly is jolted. As you hit something, run it over and... <laughs> You gotta let me finish. I'm not done yet. Squish. No, no, no. It wasn't a squish. You hear now the sound of metal on asphalt as well as on metal as something is dragging underneath your car. And it is slowing down your car to an extent. There's a reason why I slowed down your car. But you are now technically driving something. It's a rough drive right now. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Taking it for a joyride, whatever it is. So after about two minutes, 
you can hear, you can feel the car actually slow down more. Like it is now, like you're losing power in some way. Oh dear. I'm going to stop the car. I'm going to hit the brakes. Okay. And stop. Are you going to let it idle? Mm-hmm. So eventually the car shuts off. do not recommend us getting out of this car. Neither do I, dear. As I scoot a little closer to her. <laughs> I scoot, we'll scoot to the middle. So, both of you, you've scooted closer to a Sophia. And I'm scooting, we're like both scooting towards the middle, so we're like further away from the door. And you can hear this metal noise scraping along the driver's side again towards the front of the car. I'm still just huddled with her. I can't do much, so... I mean, I am, however, from my person, gonna pull the knife out. Alright. I'll have the gun ready. So you hear the scraping, get to where roughly the driver's side door would be, and the sound of steel crunching as the door is pulled forward off the car... And that's where I'm going to end it. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Tune in in two weeks. This is Daniel, your storyteller. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, leave a review and share with a friend. You can chat with us on our Discord. Links in the show notes. Release dates are every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcast. And remember, always watch the darkness.